Hello, welcome, welcome to noon prayer. Uh, so tell me, what number is this of noon prayer? This is humility five and noon prayer number 18. Glory to God. We've been here every Monday through Friday during this 40 days. Guess what? This week of noonday prayer, next week is Kickstart 18. We'll be here for noonday prayer during that too. And uh, we're going to finish up in humility this week. I'm seeking the Lord on where to go, but I know one of the things that we're going to do during the prayer uh, later on this week, probably, and into next week, is just waiting on the Lord. Let the Lord bring up whatever he wants to bring up, and we'll enter that week. It's going to be awesome. So glory to God. Glory to God. So we just welcome you. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just enter into your gates with thanksgiving right now. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, we just worship you. We praise you. We enter into your courts with praise. You inhabit the, the praises of your people, Lord. And Father, we worship you today. We humble ourselves to you and we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, so this has been a lot of fun. And uh, the Lord's been doing stuff. I'm going to tell you what, what a service we had yesterday. Oh, man. We just welcome, if you're watching online, thank you for joining us. And uh, say hello. If you're, if you're watching, write us a note. Say, hey, um, tell us where you're watching from, too. Uh, if it's Albemarle, then tell us. <laughs> if it's somewhere else, let us know that, too. Even if it's not live, tell us later. Say, hey, I'm watching from here, you know. And uh, glory to God, we just, we just welcome you. And um, this has been a lot of fun. There's yesterday, oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit showed up in our service. Wow. Has, has prayer and fasting done some stuff? Oh yeah, it has. It is broken loose. There was breakthrough here yesterday. I mean, the power of God was present. So awesome. So good. And um, what's funny is... Um, the video didn't work. Um, like we have a recording here that we have of it, but like our streaming and recording it offline and everything, none of that works. So if you weren't here, you missed it. Sorry. <laughs> Can't, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, it's not because uh, the streaming, the Facebook went down, the streaming tires went down, so it didn't get up. But um, yeah, well, you know, sometimes people just need to be here. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to not skip it. So I don't, you know, I don't, uh, yeah. And not to mention, it wasn't really a message. It was a message, but it was a message in action by the Holy Ghost. He confirmed the word with signs falling. There were signs here yesterday. So healing just started popping. It was good. Amen. Did you like it? Good. <laughs> Amen. Well, we've been talking about all these different things. Uh, just going through 40 days of prayer and fasting. So we have two weeks left, right? Two weeks, glory to God. They're passing. Next week's going to go fast. The last week is going to go so fast because the kickstart is going to be awesome. But we're right there. And here's what's awesome is, you know, I've done this level and this length of fast before. And I've never had so much energy 
as I've had this time. And it comes from a couple of things. One, from believing God, but two, also, you know, for having, for believing God for that during that period of time, but believing specifically for supernatural strength. And I've seen supernatural strength in this time more than I ever have before. It's so good. Um, supernatural strength is available to us. Just like Samson, glory to God, you'll have strength that doesn't even make sense. That's one of the things we were talking about yesterday is you'll have strength that is uh, out of the world's normal and into God's natural, supernatural, right? And uh, so we started in this prayer and fasting uh, and you can join us right now. If you haven't been praying, haven't been praying and fasting, jump in with us right now. You receive some of the same breakthrough. Uh, we've plowed up some of the ground. Come on, go with us. It's awesome. God's, God's pouring out some stuff. And, uh, but we started talking about Thanksgiving, right? What the whole point of this was for us, if God is where that table is, we want to make sure, you know, God's doing his thing, right? It's either us, it's us that is doing our thing or doing God's thing, right? We make that choice. He's the one who's right. If anybody's missing it, it's us. And so we started, you know, this journey and saying, okay, the Lord kind of gave us a pattern in the Old Testament where he said, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. And then in the holy of holies, you stay in that place by walking in holiness and worshiping him. And so we started out talking about thanksgiving. And then we talked about praise, right? And then we talked about, well, really the rest of it's been worship. We talked about the benefits of fasting. Talked about how to fast, putting on the right heart. That led us into consecration, right? And then consecration led us into the holy and the profane, which is something you need to hear. All of these are on the website on boomerangchurch.org. Uh, you can also go to bcvideo.org. That's a shorter one. Uh, you can also go to the, our Facebook page. They're under there. All of them are there. You can go back and watch them. And what we did each day is we taught and then we agreed in prayer, right? We taught about specific things and we agreed in prayer. But I want you to see that it's been a progression so that we are, we're preparing ourselves. We're getting ourselves closer and closer and closer to the Lord and we're stepping in. So what we want to do is we want to focus on, let's keep those steps alive and keep those things going so that we stay here and we never let go. We just keep walking in the presence of God, right? We just keep walking in that. And so what we're doing is we were preparing ourselves as a body, as a church, we were preparing ourselves for this last week and into the rest of the year, kicking off the year right, kickstarting it into 2018, setting ourselves on a God foundation so that everything we do is stable and we're receiving everything that we need, all provision from him based off of that foundation. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, so we're making sure that we follow the process and, and, and progress, but then we stay there as well. So we talked about uh, consecration. Uh, then, then we moved on into the holy and the profane. And then we started talking about hunger and humility. And that's pretty much where we've been for almost the last two to three weeks is hunger and humility because they are so strong. And the reason why the Lord brought those up to me is uh, he said, look, one of the things that I was going to talk about, and, and I may talk about it some, is God's part. 
See, God's, God's part is already done, right? He's, it's complete, it's finished. There's nothing that you need God to do. All we need to do is get to where God is and stay there, right? Now, we're there in the spirit. There's a legal side, right? We were talking about this in Impact University. There's a legal side, but then there's a vital side or a side where we deploy based off of what's been legally done in our spirit, right? So in our spirit, we are seated with him in heavenly places right now. But then we on the earth must walk those things out. You see some scriptures that say like all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. That shows us that even though legally I'm there, I can have more or less profit based off of if I'm obedient, right? Uh, you see it where it says to increase the fruit of your righteousness or increase the harvest of your righteousness in 2 Corinthians 9. So you see scriptures like this that show us, even though legally we are with God, seated with him in heavenly places, there's things that we need to do. So in the process of me uh, going after the Lord over the last uh, year, year and a half or so, really strong, right? Just really turned it up, reached to the stove and turned the knob up to 10, you know, uh, which is what I tell Nicole don't do all the time. And uh, hey, baby, love you. And uh, <laughs> um she, she, she'll turn on the stove and like if she wants to boil water, it immediately goes to like eight or nine. I'm like, you do not have to put it that high. It will boil at five and it takes the same, same amount of time to heat up to that. Anyway, but with us, what do we need to do? But you can raise it to a higher temperature later, but the length of time, that doesn't change the length of time. That's like, this is just physics, okay? When you get in the car, you're fooling yourself. If it's a cold morning and you turn the heat all the way up to five, all it's going to do is blow cold air on you longer. The heat will get there at the same time, right? So just put it on one. It'll blow. It'll be all right. Amen. Just physics. Anyway, but with God, guess what? Sometimes we're sitting there and we've got that temperature on and we know we're warm. We're alive. We're seated with him in Christ. But we're also lukewarm. And so that's where when we're raising temperature, right, we've got to reach into our spirit and turn up the heat. And the way that we do that is we turn up the hunger and humility. We turn up the hunger and humility. Because here's the thing. It's going to be hard for you to get hungry if you don't know that you have don't have room to grow. If you know, if you think you don't have room to grow, you're not going to be very hungry because you don't see any growth potential. Yeah. That's the problem. So uh, we drew this. Here you go, Priscilla. Amen. So let's see here. We drew this. We're going to leave it up again. Maybe we'll darken this in a little bit later. But uh, we drew this last week. And it's so very important. If this is your life, if that's not square, we're going to blame it on somebody else, okay? And um, if that's your life, and this, rep, this line represents godliness, we ask the question, how much, what percentage of our life is actually based in godliness? And what I said was, in my opinion, the majority of people in the church are living about 
going after God, about 80% good, right? This is my opinion. It can be wrong, but that's been my experience and what I've watched over uh, about 16, 17 years of ministry and about nine years of pastoring. And so I said that, but in the world, it was about 60%, 60-40, right? And people, they have, you know, approximately 20 to 40% that's wrong in their life that's not God, but they think it's God. And so if they don't, if they don't have, let's say that this person right here gets hungry, but they think that they're doing pretty much all of their life right then how much hunger can they, they, they only have a fraction that they're willing to give to the Lord because they think everything else is right. So in other words, you can be hungry, but if you don't have humility with it, your hunger won't take you very far, right? But at the same time, if you'll get hungry and humble, humility will open up your eyes. You'll start to see where you're missing it, and it will open up your potential to grow. We said from the beginning, humility uh, multiplies potential, but pride closes it off. One of the things that I've seen is this. Is, uh, I was thinking about this over the weekend. If you uh, had, a, had a ladder, right? Let's just draw this. And this one might be even more. Uh, this one might be even a stronger thing here. Kelly, you want to color in the other one when I get done here? I'm just going to do this real quick and I'm going to let you color it. Okay, will you color, will you color for me? That would be awesome. Okay, so these are the rungs of the ladder, all right? Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, a little bit out of space there at the end. Okay, so, will you come color for me? Thank you. So here's one of the things that happens um, on the rungs of a ladder. Let's, let's rate right now where you think you are on the rungs of the ladder. If you believe that your spiritual life is, looks just like Jesus, then you'll be on rung 10, right? And if you think you look like the devil, it'll be on, not on a rung, right? All right. So where would you rate, don't tell me, but where would you rate yourself? Thank you, ma'am. That's awesome. Look at that great coloring. <laughs> and so where would you rate yourself on that ladder, right? If this is Jesus, man, that one's dark. I like it. And this is the devil, and we don't ever give him big, big letters. And my, my little, my phone always corrects me. It's like, no, put a capital S for Satan. I'm like, no, I'm not. You better learn. All right. So, uh, so we, we don't like the devil around here. And uh, anyway, so if this top rung is Jesus and this is the devil on a scale of one to 10, where would you place yourself in your spiritual wall? Now, what I'm about to tell you is probably the biggest problem I've seen in the church. 
probably, well, it's at least one of them, without doubt, without doubt. Most people think that they're, they don't think they're like Jesus. They're, they won't admit to that. They think that's heresy, not knowing that they're supposed to grow to the fullness of the stature of Christ. You're supposed to, you can walk that out through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he created you to do is be like him. But they won't admit that. They think that that would be heresy. So they're not willing to go that far. But they don't think they're like the devil either. Even people that are full of them. But most people will say like five, six, seven. Somewhere in there. That's where most people will say. And here's what I say. Even if they don't say it. Even if like I ask them and they know I can see through them a lot of times. They'll still say, they'll still say, well, I'm, you know, two or three. Right, you know, they'll, they'll still, or they might... They might say, they might get a little bit more humble because who's asking? And they might say, well, I'm here. You know, I, I'm actually a four or five, right? And that, that might be the way that they say. But a lot of times people think in their mind, even though they might say two, three, four, five, what they really think is six, seven, eight, five, six, seven, eight, something like that. That's really what I've found over time in experience watching the actions and the thoughts of people is, most people think that they are above average. That would be the best way to define it. Most people think that they're above average. So then they go out trying to be above average Christian. And the devil just keeps handing them, you know, their teeth. He just keeps kicking their teeth in. And then they, they hit bottom and they blame everybody but themselves. Right? They blame everybody. What is that? It's a lack of humility. It's not seeing the ungodly in their life. I've seen this. I cannot tell you how many times. I, I over and over and over and over and over. And, and people think that they're bigger than they are, that they don't have as many issues that they have. And how was I able to see it? Well, one of the very first things as I started humbling myself, this, this started years ago. Remember, I told you this. I said, the Lord told me, I want your life to be so that the devil could go through it with a fine-tooth comb and not find anything to accuse you of. That was his, his words in my spirit, really strong, right? So at that point, he, he taught me that. But then the other thing he said, he said, I want you to constantly look at people and put yourselves in their shoes, Right. So I started looking, here's what I did. Even when I'd be ministering and stuff like that, I would go sit down on the pew with you and I'd listen to how, how would that come across if I was that person? How would that be? And so by those two things, being diligent to correct things when I found them wrong, but also being unbiased enough to see things from other people's perspective, then that, that let the light shine on me stronger then I realized. I didn't realize how strong. And, and the truth is, I didn't realize every Christian didn't do this. I thought everybody was doing it. But I found out that was not the case. That wasn't the case. And so what it started to show me was that not everybody does this. And the reason, and then they go up here and they try to do things that they think that they can do. Not only that, here's the, even the more dangerous part of it. They believe that they are more right than they are. And so now they think, in other words, they're going to have, because of a lack of humility, they're going to have a number, a number of their thoughts that are ungodly 
And they think that they are godly. And so now they think they're justified in their thinking. So now they think they're justified in their speaking and their actions. And remember the little guy looking on from the world who can see it? And all he sees is hypocrisy, right? And this person now who's a Christian who should be overcoming, all they're doing is constantly stepping into the traps. It's just constant. Trap after trap after trap after trap, right? So what I've found is, in my opinion, these are my opinions, they can be wrong, but I've, you know, over time I've you know, thought about these things for myself and other people. In my opinion, the majority of believers uh, looking like Jesus, and especially in the last couple of years we started talking about the normal of God, so let me just give you, clue you into this. Okay, before we started talking about the normal of God, I believed that most Christians were at probably a two or a three. That's the majority, the vast majority. Most pastors were at like a three or a four, right? So that ought to tell us something right there. Now, that's my opinion. It can be wrong, but that's my opinion, trying to look at it honestly. And I've been trying to look unbiased at my own self and the lives. Because if I can't look unbiasedly at the people that I'm trying to help and I can't look unbiasedly at myself, I'm not going to be able to do my job well. So one of the things that I, I looked at is like I just started looking at these things, seeing where they're at. Here's what I found. Uh, then the Lord started taking me on a path, and this will help open up some of those things. The Lord started taking me on the path of what's normal to God. Well, what is normal to God? We start looking at, he says, and you can have all these things. It goes beyond what you can ask or think. Now, now watch this. What I can ask or think, I would rate what I can ask or think probably a six or seven looking like Jesus. So that means I've got to grow my thinking, right? But what that also means, if it's so far out there that I can just barely ask or think it, and I can think pretty big, where does that put me now? You see what I'm saying? Because I can think beyond pretty, pretty well, right? So we, we got to, he starts making these kind of comments. He's, you know, healing all, right? Every prayer, everything that you ask will be granted you. You know anybody like that? You know anybody that they've received everything that they prayed for or had it manifested? I'm not just talking about they believed it by faith, but they had it manifested. I, I don't know anybody like that. Now, that doesn't mean there's not some people that get a lot. I'm just saying all of a sudden I started to see there's, wait a minute, the Lord, look, he said, you'll do these works and greater. Walking on water, right? Raising the dead, Right? Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So see, these things, these are things that we should be walking in. And think about it this way. Think, think like this now. All right. Old Testament, Old Covenant. Are we in the old or the new? And is the old or the new the better covenant? The new. So the new covenant. Under the old covenant, the old covenant, without Jesus, what happened to Moses? Glory of the Lord comes on him, Ooh, starts to glow. We're in a better covenant. We're in a better covenant. 
Where's those Christians? Can you start to see? There's some other stuff that God wants to pour out that we're not even, we're not even talking about. And how are you going to have faith to walk in it if you're not even preaching about it? Right? I mean, we've got a few people preaching about it, but it's, it's rare. Right? Then you see Jesus, he's transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration. He's just showing who he was in God. Right? Now that's who we are in God. In other words, think about this. Shadows pass by. And it's really just the overflowing glory of God and the anointing of God. But the glory of God goes so much that just healed, healed. You know, didn't even pray. Just the overflowing life of God. Where's that at? Right? Yeah, it's on the way. Because we're talking about faith for its rising. It's growing. We will see those things. We're starting to see that. But here's what I'm saying. And that now all that is stuff I can ask or think about. You see, so God is saying, look, I've got, you know, I can make all things new. I, he said that lady be whole, right? Leprosy. He said to that man, you will be whole. Your faith has made you whole. That means when he said that, that means every part of his body that had been eaten up with leprosy, it was supernaturally recreated, right? This is normal to God. He says this, think about this. Your will be done on heaven as it is in earth. Well, who do you know that's walking around in heaven broke? Their body's broke. Nobody. That means that there's an arm missing. That thing in heaven, it's got to grow out. It's got to grow out. If there's a limp, it's got to be fixed. You, under, you see what I'm saying? Those things have got to be fixed. So now we're talking about this is what Jesus is walking in. This is what he looks like. Where are we? We're barely hitting the first or second rung. We're in the ballpark. I mean, we're, in, we're on the team. But man, we're playing Little League. We're, we've been playing Little League. That's why things like yesterday and the service like yesterday, it's so foreign to other people. But it wasn't foreign. Look at the Old Testament. The Old Testament. The, not the better covenant. The old one. The, they get the house of God ready they prepare the house. They prepare the house. That's what we've been talking about the whole time. Thanksgiving, praise, worship, consecration, holy versus profane, hunger, humility, preparing the house. They prepare the house. The glory of the Lord shows up. The ministers are all laid out. They're all gone. None of them can minister. Why? Holy Spirit, the glory of God showed up. Right. We see yesterday we didn't experience that. We did not experience that yesterday. And that's old covenant. We experienced the touch of that. We, we reached in like if this is God and that's his glory. We reached in and, and, and got a touch of it. That was it. That was all. Everything that happened yesterday in that great service it was just, and it might not even been a touch. I mean, honestly, it might have just been we got close, you know. Oh, you know, and when we, you know, we might have just gotten close. So you see what God wants to do in us. And, and here's what I'm saying. I know I'm not there yet. I know I'm not there yet. I know I'm not there yet. 
Glory to God. What does that mean? It just goes up from here. It just gets better. That's what humility affords you. See, how are you going to keep climbing? If you think you're at a nine, right, you don't have much to go. And so all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden, you, you just kind of put it on ease. What is that? That's lukewarm. And that's what's happened. The church in Acts, they were riding right up in here. All of a sudden, they felt like they had arrived. And what happens? Deception grows less and less. Uh, godliness happens, more and more worldliness happens, and they actually take steps down the ladder. And we come 2,000 years, and honestly, most of the church, the body of Christ in America, most of the church is a one or a two. Your, your evangelical churches, for the most part, they might be a three. Holy Spirit churches might be a two or three or four, and that's about it. Every now and then, you got one jumping up here. Every now and then. I think, I, th I'm going to rate me uh, right in front of you. I'm going to be real honest, okay? I'd love to tell you that I'm, a, yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm up here somewhere. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I personally believe I'm like three or four. When I started pastoring, I was probably a two. Now, did I know that then? No. No, I didn't. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us, look at all this. Do you know how many treasures there are to be discovered in between here? You see what I'm saying? So if I'm saying that, then what should most people and most, you know, be saying about themselves? They should be honest with themselves and say, golly, I'm just, I don't even know if I've taken the step up yet. You know, and you start to understand why. Because that humility starts to illuminate what is worldly, and it gives us room to grow now. And now that you're aware of where you truly, honestly are, now you can actually step up some more. But until you humble yourself to that place, it won't happen. So you can be hungry, right? Now, hunger will lead you to humility, and humility will lead you to hunger. So if you just get one of them, It'll, it'll, over time, if you keep pressing into one of those, it'll lead you. Because if I'm hungry enough, that's really what happened to me was I, I was not as humble as I thought I was. I was. I was probably more humble than most people. And I know that. I'm not trying to, you know, you know brag on that. I'm just saying I recognize that because he told me early on in ministry what to do about it. And it became so clear how the church wasn't operating in that. But over time, I, what had happened was I'd, I'd kind of fallen off some of that humility in looking at myself. And I needed to go back. I needed to re-challenge myself. And so I started saying, Lord, I know there's more. We started talking about the normal of God. We started talking about what does that look like? And all of a sudden I was like, I'm not there. Lord, I might be, you know, and you look at a scale like, you know, like this. You know, uh, think of another scale of the boiling temperature. You boil water at 212 degrees. Well, at 210 degrees, you got really, really hot water, but you were not producing the power of God, right? And so I we might have been hot in the church compared to other churches. Our water might have been hotter than other people's water, but we're, we ha we're not hitting where we need to yet, right? We're not hitting where we need to. See, I think the release of power is somewhere around here, two or three. But that's the beginning stages of it. There's more. 
there's more that we grow in. You, you see what I'm saying? And we start, you can get uh, saved on rung one. Rung two is like filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, and that's the release of power to be his witnesses. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. And so these things really help me to see, you know, what it is. And, and we go back over here. We're talking about us. You know, this circle represents what we know. This is you. And the, the circle eventually begins to be your comfort zone as well because you're only comfortable with what you know. But what we've got to do is get comfortable uh, because God is out here, right? This is God. And he's always going to correct us, discipline us, exhort us. And that means he's always going to be pulling us to himself and challenging your comfort zone and leading us outside of where we're at, right? He's always going to be leading us outside to him so that we grow. The only way that you grow is if you stay humble, right? If you stay in humility, you can't go to humility once, then back off. Everything in this word is, is progression. Your faith, your faith will continue to grow. You can never get, you're supposed to be content with where you're at, but not content so that you bury your talents, right? You don't take them and you just put them in the ground. I have potential to grow up to be like Jesus, the fullness of the stature of Christ in Ephesians 4, but I'm going to just sit back and wait till heaven comes for me. Oh my goodness, what a slap in the face to the life of Christ, right? All right, so we want to make sure that we continue to grow in every way. We allow our comfort zones to be challenged. But that means that we've got to stay in this place of humility. I might walk in a way of humility for a year, but then let's say I go three years without humility. Man, this... this worldliness is going to eat me back up in that time. And I've already, if I've humbled myself, I've started stepping into other revelation. That means I'm going to have to let some of that go from a lack of humility. But if I'm hungry enough, what I was saying is 212 degrees is boiling, producing power. He, I, I realized that as a church, we had a heat to us. We had some things that were good, very good, very good. You know, on the scale, on the curve, we we're doing a lot of good stuff. But at the same time, you know, the Holy Spirit helps us. And he said, you're just not where you need to be. Something's not right, especially when we started talking about God's normal. Right. All of a sudden, mm, something's not right. So we started going and saying, Lord, what is that? And I started hungering after him. Right. And when I got to the place of hunger, he said, and I said, all right, I want to do this fast. I do the first 40 day fast. And he says, in the middle of that fast, you're not hungry. It's like, man, I'm about as hungry as I can get. You know, I've never, I don't think I've ever been hungrier. And you're telling me I'm not hungry. Well, that hunger led me to what I really needed. He said, you need fresh fire. Well, that means I don't have fresh fire, right? And without me humbling myself to, even without me humbling myself to being hungry, right? If I keep going, all right, Lord, I'm not at 212. I recognize that. How do I get to 212? You're not hungry enough. What has to happen right there in me in order to get hungrier? I got to have humility, right?
And if I'll humble myself, there's only one other choice with hunger, and that is to be hungry for God. So one can lead to the other, but I need to carry them both as twins. And so throughout that whole year, from the beginning of that fast, he started saying this to me, hunger and humble, hungry and humble, hungry and humble, hungry and humble, hungry and humble. And And so we started seeing that. And, And what's the thing about humility is it brings us to grace and greater grace. And so uh, we looked at uh, these verses in James 4, 6. It says, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Just that right there. All right, look, if I'm putting on pride, right? If I'm putting on pride, I'm going to be opposed to God. I'm going to be opposed to God. I am not going to win that. But if I put on humility, he's going to empower me. Man, I need that. That right there ought to solve it. Here's one thing about pride, though, versus humility. A lot of times when we're in pride, we can't see it. The only way to see it is to back off and really be honest and unbiased with ourselves. That's humility. We've got to step into that place. So here's the thing. What if somebody's on this ladder, they think they're at rung six or seven, but they're really at rung two or three. How are they going to see? They've got to purpose themselves to move into humility. One of the things that we talked about last week was, you know, even I've had people come up and they want to tell me about all their problems and everything. And then I'll pray for them and I'll be like, no, time out. And they're like, no, you need to hear every detail of why my problem is special. That's pride. That's pride. No, you need to humble yourself to what God has already said. And you'll have the grace and your special problem won't be special anymore. It'll be a zero. Amen. Right. And so and then I've even prayed and then they say, well, you know, and see, it's like it's like this. So you just asked for me to help. You told me about your problem. I gave you what the Lord tells you you need, prayer. And now what you're doing is saying, I still have the problem. You still need to know about it. What's happened with that person in pride? They've taken ownership of that health problem or issue or whatever. And what they need to say is, amen. I receive that. That is no longer a problem anymore. That's humility. So one of the things of humility is it gives us the ability to receive God's solutions. It gives us the ability. And we need to just say, yes, I don't have to have that anymore. In humility, Lord, I receive your love for me. Over what my mind is pridefully trying to say that it's bigger than just a simple prayer. Look. How simple was the prayer when the shadow passed by? That's pretty simple. See, when we start moving into these areas in God, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs to be attached to the fire of God. Attached to his heart, to, to compassion, faith in our hearts. That's all it has to be. And so we need to humble ourselves to those things. Now, here's the funny thing. I have 14 pages of notes on humility. We've gotten through two, right? So I got a good idea 
Now, we're not going to get through all of that, but I'm going to give you some of the high points, okay? Amen. Aren't you happy about that? Yeah. All right. So look at this. Uh, look at this in James chapter 5 and verse 14. James chapter 5, verse 14, 15, and 16. It says, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. Stop right there. Is that a complicated prayer? And the prayer of faith. The prayer offered in faith will restore. Pride says it has to be something bigger than that. It's got to be a special service. It's got to be a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Humility says, no, they just need to pray over me. They just need to pray over me. Yeah. We'll restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So now I want you to see something. So, you know, I'm going to put pressure on you and I don't want you to answer. Okay, I don't want you to say anything. But Patty, that thing you've been doing, I want you to come tell me about it right now. Right now, don't. But here's the thing. How many people want to do that? And that's to their pastor, you know. This is talking about to the elders, basically. So, but it's talking about, what is that saying? I've got to humble myself, tell you one of the areas I've missed it in, where I've been a jerk, at least to the Lord. And I've got to take humility and humble myself in, to somebody else. But what does he show is in that? What happens when we humble ourselves? Grace and greater grace. He says this in verse 16. He says, therefore, hey, look, when they pray for you, you'll be healed and you'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another. In other words, here's the heart that we're supposed to have to each other. You've been a mess. I've been a mess, but together we can come together in the power of God, humble ourselves to one another. Not, not, not this. Did you know what Patty told me? She did. Oh my goodness. Did you know what she told me? I mean, Patty, oh my goodness. But see, that's where the, that's where the body has been. A lot of times is we're like, oh, you can't let her do anything. Listen, give me somebody that will humble themselves all day long. Somebody that will come to me and say, dude, I'm a mess and I need help. That person God can promote. The person that, that can't talk to anybody because they're so prideful, they don't want anybody, and, and they're fearful to let anybody see their issue. That person is a danger, especially in a leadership position. I need somebody that will come and tell me that stuff. That's who I'm looking for in leadership. I'm looking for somebody who knows how to put on some humility because two things. One, they're not going to have hidden stuff that continues to allow ungodliness to grow, right? Two, they will grow. 
And I don't have to worry about trusting them because they will open themselves up to me and show that to me. And that humility will bring grace. I need people with greater grace in their lives and ministry. You know, I need to have it in me. You need to have it in you. And we all grow together. So the whole purpose is that we go, oh, hey, I've been there. I might not have done that, but let me, I've done this. Trust me. You know, yeah, God's going to handle that right now. Because guess what? Next week is my turn. It's my turn. And the mercy that I dish out here is the mercy that I'm going to have it back. God, God's not mocked whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So th- we need this humility. We need this humility. And it doesn't need to be just on people just coming into the church. You know, if I sit here for, for six months and never does one of my leaders go and get on their face before God, that's pride. And I watch that stuff. I'm telling you, I do. I'll get on my face and the Lord, Lord tells me, I'm going to go get on my knees. I'm going to get on my face, right? I'll do it in church, at home. A lot, most of mine is going to take place at home, you know, because I come in here ready to minister. But, I'm, you know, that needs to happen. If, if not here in, in the boardroom or something, you know, hey, I messed up. And, and all of our leaders, they do those things. But it's, it's one of those things where this humility needs to be on us all the time. I have a, I have a friend. I was actually talking to him last week. And um, beautiful, beautiful relationship that God, uh, um, that God basically knit together. And I'll tell you who it is. Um, his name is Eric Smith, and he is the owner of Smith Media Group, and uh, he's who we do some of our live st- streaming through. And I tell you his name because he's just an awesome guy. The Lord led me a certain, he told me to take a certain path one day, and that certain path uh, led to us meeting. And um, God said, I want you to meet this guy. He told, he told me that. And so anyway, we were talking on the phone the other day. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about Eric real quick. So Eric is, um, I don't know, maybe 40s. Uh, if he's in his early 50s, he looks good for 50. So he's, I, I don't know, he could be, but he's also blessed by the Lord. So maybe he is 50 and looks awesome, amen. And uh, hey, Eric, if you watch. And um, so, but... He's just blessed. He has a company. It's successful. It's doing good business. And um, he's helping. He buys TV time all over the world uh, for some major ministers online. And um, he, he's got contacts all over the place. And just, just influential in that area. Well, not only that, but he used to be the crusade director for a little-known evangelist named uh, R.W. Schambach. So um, if you know R.W. Schambach, he was one of the pioneers of the tent ministries and carried the power of God with him. Well, Eric did that. So this is an accomplished man. I mean, he's, he's a friend. He's accomplished. He's successful. Uh, I love him. He's, he's a great guy, right? So we were talking on the phone the other day, and he, this was his words. Now, what he does now, he has his uh, media company, but then he, the media company funds the kingdom of God. And he, because he has time freedom, because he sought after the Lord and been obedient, 
He basically, his pastor is uh, Pastor Peter Dosick up, up in Ohio. And they regularly go around the world, have crusades. He just got back from one in Mexico where there was like 3,000 people born again, um, instantaneous healings, uh, I think just miraculous, I think creative miracles, all kinds of stuff. I'm, we're talking about the power of God, okay? So here, and this is what Eric said to me. So here's this man. He does, he's done all these things, very successful, and this is what he said to me. I want you to hear this. He said, I just got back from Mexico. God honored me to go and serve my pastor there. Think about that. It wasn't, I got, my pastor needed me, so, you know, I went with him. It wasn't, I went and I, I took care of a bunch of stuff. This was his description. I was honored. God honored me to be able to go and serve my pastor. Talking about humility. Man, he said those words, I just wanted to melt. I was like, Lord, thank you for having men like that around me. He honored you. Do you realize? Why? Did, because he humbled himself. That statement came from a humility to the word that understands that there are gifts that God has given men. When he ascended on high, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and they are gifts to the body of Christ. And he didn't talk about everything he went and did. He talk, I guarantee you he handled so many things and details and all that kind of stuff. He worked hard, I guarantee it. But here's, here was his opinion even afterwards. God honored me to be able to serve. God honored me to be able to serve. This is humility. And this is why God will exalt somebody in that place. It says that's why Eric is exalted in, in business and in ministry. Is, that's why. Because he's a humble man. Humility is so needed. It will bring uh, healing in our bodies. It will release sin from our lives. It will exalt us. We need humility. I want to, I want to go further. <laughs> um, man. But we need to pray. All right, so look, we got to page three. Amen. Father, we just praise you and we worship you. Help us to see the need for your humility. Help us to walk it out. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Lord, help us to humble ourselves to you. Humble ourselves. Just agree with us. Pray with us for this humility to be in our lives, on this body, in this area. Lord, let this area carry a humility and honor in it. Father, highlight, highlight to us, please. Highlight areas that aren't humble. Highlight ungodliness in our lives. 
so that we can deal with it and grow in you, so that we can give you the best of offerings. Lord, we don't want to be like Cain who just brought you something. We want to bring our best. I'm bringing you something because I got to. No, no, no. We want to bring you our best. We want to bring you our best. And our best is in humility, Lord. Thank you, Father. We just pray out this humility. Thank you, Father, for humility. Thank you, Lord, for hunger and humility. Hunger and humility rise up in me. Say that. Hunger and humility rise up in me. I will be hungry. I will be humble. Lord, we will be hum humble. We will be hungry. We will be, our families will be humble. Our families will be hungry. Our church will be hungry. Our church will be humble. Thank you, Father. This area will be hungry for the things of God. This area will be humble over you. This is a humble area in Jesus' name. This is a humble church in the name of Jesus. This, these are humble families. Thank you, Father. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, let us carry a humility with us in front of each other. Let us, let us be seen as humble people, not just know it in our heart, but Lord, let people see it and let that humility turn over into grace and greater grace in Jesus' name. Lord, let that humility move us towards healing and move us, Father, move us towards healing and move us towards forgiveness of our sins. Lord, thank you, Father. Thank you, 
Chosi de Kalon Boshebe, Monsa Balakarabaso, Robotaniache. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shemo Kalabosabe, Bain Sebeshabu, Badudu Rupatani, Badutanamiti, Banji Bikutubichite, Cheba Chuchu Macha. Banchi mechi kudi anchi no nuroto chota nuroko dodoto dunoko dodoto nunoko dodoto dunoko dodoshi dance la rup dance la rup datin lup tatiteping tambako to boshibe bounta la kodi yeah thank you father thank you lord thank you father lord we receive humility we receive your humility yeah, Lord, we receive, as your word talks about being humble, we receive that humility in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I want to remind you of one thing before we end. Humility is not what the world makes it out to be. Humility is humility towards God. If it's not humility towards God, it's not humility, right? If it's not based on his word, then it's not humility. Somebody could look at a preacher sometime and say, well, he just shouted at that, at that person. And what he was actually doing was he was shouting at that devil because the Holy Spirit told him to shout. And they would say he's not humble because he was loud and he was boisterous. No, he was completely humble because he listened to what God said and he was obedient. Humility always plays out in obedience, right? Let me show you something like this. Uh, would you say if I if I had a bunch of stuff and I gave it and I saw uh, some people that were homeless and I took all my stuff and I gave it to the homeless, is that an act of humility? So, good question to think on, right? The Bible defines this exact situation. And it can be humble, but it might not be. It says, even though I give all my possessions to the poor, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So it defines it and shows it that it's ungodly because it's outside of love. And so, in other words, you can have somebody that gives all their possessions to the poor and they hear from God. That's humble. You can have somebody that gives all their possessions to the poor, but they didn't hear from God. And that's pride. And that's the difference. Have we heard from God? Is it in his word? In other words, you've got a lot of preachers that are claiming to be humble, but they overlook all of these things that God did for them and promises and things like that. And they don't pay attention to it and they don't humble themselves to the word. And they're not humble, even though they may be quiet and what the world would call meek and humble. They're not because they didn't humble themselves to this. This is a part of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can, he tells you to be filled with the Spirit. This is a command. It's not humility to sit there and, and, and wait and wait and wait on God. It's, it's humility to by faith reach out and grab a hold of what God told us to get a hold of. This is humility, right? Humility doesn't have to be quiet. It can be loud. It can be quiet. It depends on what the Lord's leading you to do. Amen. Humility is always to the word. And being obedient to him. And so you can see where the world may define it as one way. But we're not after the world's definition. We want God's normal. And that can look different. Amen. 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 Father, thank you so much for this day. We just praise you. 
And we thank you for humility. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're joining us and you'd like to give, the Lord told us to open it up each day. There's a link there. You can click on that link. I think it's uh, boomerangchurch.org slash give, I think is what it is. And if you're here, you can drop something in the basket. And uh, Lord, right now, whatever people give, whether it be online or it be here, in the name of Jesus, we receive it on your behalf. And we receive it as blessed, given in a heart of cheerful giving. Lord, let it now be uh, multiplied. Let it be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give into their bosom? Shall men give back into their lives? Father, we praise you for it. We thank you for it. And we just thank you for exponential harvest on their gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you all for being here. And we'll see you tomorrow at noon. Amen. Bye-bye.